0: So, hello, uh, Movie Explorers. This is Eric, the Movie Explorer. Um, And today I want to talk about uh, um, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, The musical. And um, ah, I like to use the word musical loosely. I mean, it is a musical, but I'm outside today for many reasons one you know i'm out around my plants and this is just the perfect environment for it and everything and even though you might be able to hear cars and all that it just i don't know it just feels natural to talk about it uh this way so there's a lot i have to say about little shop of horrors uh that it just i don't really know exactly where to start um, but there's, there's something about the cast. I mean, not, not even just, the, 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 the obvious things, but the, the fact of who guest starred it, guest starred in it and everything like that. But this movie was made in 1986, the year I was born, um, and I, I love it, um, My sister doesn't really care for it. My wife, I don't think, really enjoyed it. This was her first time watching it today. And a couple things I like to bring up with this film. I I like it because it's stupid. And I like stupid films to an extent. And it's just silly to be silly and everything like that. Um, But one thing I like to bring up is... Ellen Green. Well, first the fact of this was an off-Broadway play. First, it was a uh, an, an old black-and-white film, and then uh, it became an off-Broadway play, and um, Ellen Green was in it, and she plays Audrey one in the movie, and she was also Audrey one in the off-Broadway play. Um, Okay, so let me, let me get all my uh, little information before I kind of uh, jump too much into this. Because um, one specific thing... Okay, got it. Okay, I got it. So, the music... Um, and book actually but the, the the lyrics and music were done by two men who it kind of makes me laugh it's Alan men- Menken who did uh, the music which was for the stage play and everything like that and uh, Howard Ashman if you know Menken and Ashman kudos applause applause to you um, If you don't, cool. What they are most (laughs) known for... As a team... As a team... Is... Little Mermaid... And doing the music... Also for Beauty and the Beast. Ashman started... Aladdin and... Sadly passed away... Disney's Aladdin... Sadly passed away... In midst of it... So some of his music... Uh, lyrics were in it and later on um, Tim Rice took over for it but what makes me laugh is if you know this movie and then you look at Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast you're like what the heck now uh, Howard Ashman passed away but Alan and Alan Menken if I'm pronouncing his last name wrong I'm sorry um, he continued For a long time. Doing music for Disney. But what I find kind of funny. I don't know who it was. Who started it or what. But there's a pattern with Disney music. Starting with them. And it's in this. Movie. So I know it had to come from one of these two guys. It's. It's you got. The main song. You got the Oscar song. You got the, um, sorry, and then, uh, sorry, you have the villain song, and then you have the love song, okay? So let's, let's, uh, um, let's start with one of their classics. Let's do a Beauty and the Beast, okay? Villain song, Gustant, uh, Fun song, uh, Be Our Guest, uh, Oscar song, which is also the main heavy song. Um, which would be Beauty and the Beast or a tale as old as time. Uh, those are the, the, the pattern. And they have more than just those, but those are the, the main ones. Uh, Lion King, even though it wasn't, um, wasn't Ashman, but it continued with them. And I will continue this, um... You have, um, with Lion King, you have Circle of Life, which is a, a a strong pull-in song. But the Oscar one was Can You Feel the Love Tonight? And then the fun song, Akuna Matata, or uh, I Can't Wait to Be King, but I think Akuna Matata might have been higher. Uh, the villainous song, Be Prepared. You know, there's, there, that's the pattern. It even continues to, uh, fro uh, uh, well, no, it didn't happen in Frozen. They didn't really have a villain song Frozen, but in Moana, they did. Moana, it had those songs. It had the fun song. It had the 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 heavy hitter Oscar song. It had the villain song. You know, and 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 and, 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 and it just that's kind of the way that it it went. You know, the, if you're wondering what the villain song was in Moana, it's Shiny. But um, let's. Now, that's just why I just wanted to bring up real quickly about um, uh, those two men and how I think they, you know, they started, I don't want to say they started in this, but this was uh, a big thing. This was in 86, and and shortly um, after they, around this time, um, they did did Little Mermaid. So there's like a little bounce-a-bounce. They were already kind of known, but... Um, another thing I wanted to bring up that I thought was pretty cool is Audrey 2, which is the plant in this, is, a, is of course, a puppet. Now, what I find kind of interesting about this is who directed this film. The person who directed this film is Frank Gauz. If you don't know who Frank Gauz is, whew, he is, in my book, the... If there was no Frank Oz, there would be no Jim Henson. Let's put it that way. Frank Oz, you know, you, I think most people know him as Miss Piggy of the Muppets. Of the Muppets. Of the Muppets. But he also did Yoda. And he, he's he been in, you know, to be honest, he, he was in Monsters, Inc. and all that. But that's beside the point. He is a very famous... Um, Puppeteer. Pretty much any any two characters where they're kind of um, talking to each other um, it, nine out of ten times it was Jim Henson and Frank Oz. Um, Fozzie Bear and Kermit um, is a perfect example. Or Kermit and Miss Piggy. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones that he did where it's kind of like that. But He's not... They weren't the only two puppeteers of the Jim Henson company. Now, um, what I'm getting at is... Here's a movie that has very strong puppeteering uh, strengths in it. And there's Frank Oz directing it. This is not a Jim Henson film. This is not a Jim Henson association. Except for one thing. One of the puppeteers... Was a young Brian Henson. I shouldn't even say young. To be honest. uh, 86. That would have been around the time. um, Jim Henson. Jim Henson. Was doing Labyrinth. Around that time. So. um, That might explain a little bit. Why. Frank Oz wasn't so heavy. In Labyrinth. Now that I think of it. Um, He was in it. I don't think he was as saturated, Brian Henson, of course, was in it more, but he was also probably working on this project alongside um That's a guesstimation that is not a fact. Uh, the fun thing I like to think about is if you are a fan of family Guy then and you've never seen this movie, please do. Then re-watch certain um, episodes of Family Guy. Because <laughs> they make fun of this movie. Um, Somewhere Green, Herbert the Pervert sings it to kind of to Chris. About Chris, basically. And it's scene for scene for the most part of, of, the, the, of the film. I mean, of this scene of this episode, you know, the two of them, um, uh, basically. Uh, this, the episode in Family Guy is when Herbert, I'm sorry, when Chris breaks a window and he has to do errands and chores for Herbert, and Herbert um, takes him to dinner and starts to daydream, and what that daydream is. A Greener Place, uh, which is a song in this movie, and in that it's scene for scene uh, that song of, of of in the in the movie. Um, another fun thing I like to talk about, just real quickly, I mean again this is fun 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 for me, is the fact that um, in this movie you have you have Bill Murray as a guest star in this. Uh Jim Belushi was in it for a small part and um they both actually were in Saturday Night Live. Jim Belushi was later on, but he still was in it. Uh Steve Martin, I don't really count, even though he was in the 70s, he was in it a lot. Uh, Christopher Guest, actually Christopher Guest, now that I think of it, was in 85 on uh, Saturday Night Live. um, Along with Martin Short and Billy Crystal and all that, he was that one year that it was kind of like booked, you know, but... Also, um, Rick Mirandis and John Candy were both on SCTV. If you've never seen SCTV, which it's kind of harder to find, please find it. It was a variety show to me as equal to Saturday Night Live. And it had I'm not going to be able to name them all. And I apologize. But um, John Candy um, Rick Mirandis, Dave Thomas, uh, Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, uh, just a name just off the top of my head. Um, and Martin Short came on a little bit after they had become kind of, uh, uh, uh used to each other. And then they brought in Martin Short, and I think he was the only one that they really brought on. But, um, uh, Christopher Guest. I love Christopher Guest because you look at him and you just go, this guy can't be funny. Yeah, that's I mean, I'm not saying that as a fact. I'm just saying, you know, he is so plain face and so many things. He's a six finger man and and Princess Bride. He's done so many. I mean, he's the head of all these mockumentaries that he did. Um, uh, Waiting for uh, Guffman, Best in Show. Um, um, a Mighty Wind uh, For Your Consideration which wasn't as good but the, these were these were to me very fun movies to watch um, he has a lot more uh, me just naming those is kind of insignificant Stan Jones was the narrator in this if you don't know who Stan Jones is I know I keep saying that um, he was just a really um, well-rounded voice actor. He did things for like Super Friends and Transformers and and all that. Um, there's a lot of undertone in, in like actors who kind of like they've done a lot under the radar, uh, either with voice work or or so on. Uh, Audrey Two, which is the plant was Levi Stubbs, who is a singer for the Four Tops. Um, And what I loved about that was the fact that this music that is played is very 50s. And bebop and, you know, doo-wop. And you have a guy who was the lead singer of the Four Tops, which was around that time period, so 50s, 60s. Um, and if you, with that, you have the the three women, uh, what do they call them? They call them Greek chorus, I think. Um, and the names of those characters was Crystal Ronette and chef um, oh my god. Hold on i'm even reading it and i can't pronounce it but they were name of groups of the 50s and you know what's sad is i had it earlier i was like yeah i know that group and i cannot pronounce it and if you know if you've noticed listening to my podcasts i can't pronounce words the reason why is not because i'm an idiot i mean i am an idiot but it's because I kind of have a stammer and and stutter at times. And so sometimes my brain goes 15 feet before my mouth even gets to there. And then by the time I my mouth catches up, I don't, you know, my mouth is like, I don't know what I was supposed to say. I don't know where how I'm supposed to say that. Um... Let's see. Um, there's, there's, this movie is just so silly. It's one of my essential Halloween movies because it's so goofy. And the way I put it, I compare it to three musicals. Um, I'm trying to think of the third one, but the the it's mainly two that come to my head, and it's. Not only those two, but uh, Hairspray, a little bit more of the 80s one than the, the, the modern one that was on Broadway, of of its look, how it looks. But the sound with the doo-wop and all that is the more modern one, which is a duh because of when it's supposed to take place. Um, but then you have kind of the dark side of it which is kind of the what I would consider Sweeney Todd I mean really think about it guy murders people for well a little bit of revenge but also profit and to succeed so I mean that's how when I watch this and you know the musical and all that so that's 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 what I think of when when I when I kind of wrap all this up right now. Um, there's so much I can say about this film, and but I'm not trying to go on and on and on and on. I'm trying to keep it at a at a steady pace and and keep everything about the same. Um, but you know you you got all these old 50s movies about aliens and and all this and and you know this 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 is more um like intelligence with the original story more than me trying to talk about the you know the 1986 version or the Broadway the off-Broadway play this is more honor to the the, the 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 original idea of it, which technically the original, first came off of a little shop around the corner. Then it was a little shop of horrors. Then it was the off Broadway play, and then it was um, this. Yeah, uh, you know now it's back on on stage. But with the original little shop of horrors, the idea of an alien being a plant is kind of funny. And the reason why I find it kind of funny is is something that Seymour says in this. It's, he cannot identify the plant. Now, what's funny is, is one, we are identifying new plants and species and all that almost on a daily sp- uh, basis, almost. And so... Um, The fact that that being said, it's kind of just funny to me. You know, one, you know, we're finding these new species and, you know, I'm not saying they're aliens, but just the fact of that's such a smart concept because it's such a true concept that, you know, why, you know, why wouldn't it be... um, an alien idea or something like that. That's just so smart in, in, in my eyes, especially in the 50s. You know, the thing is, is um, a lot of time periods. It happened before then, but especially in the 50s with nuclear bombs and, and going into space and everything, was the 50s was alien-orientated. 50s, early 60s. Um, or monsters, you know. That was part of the nuclear uh, idea. Godzilla and... Uh, uh, sorry. Godzilla and basically even the horror aspect of it. Which was probably... Yeah, it was around that time with Frankenstein and all that. But that's beside the point. Um, but then you have... Your alien movies like Forbidden Planet and um, Wow, uh, the day the day the Earth stood still, and and so on, and and you know, there's there's a pattern because even in even in the early sorry late 1800s, England um, had a bunch of books that came out. Around the same time, Frankenstein, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, uh, the Invisible Man, Dracula, all had the same premises: a, no- a noble man being insane, or turning into a monster, or or relation to a monster. They were all around that time. Why? Because in that time period, at that area, you had Jack the Ripper. You know, how can a sophisticated man be such a monster? So, all those books came out. It's a pattern of, of society at the time. And with, with this movie, it was um, relating to the 50s of Aliens. There's a movie called Planet Fifty Two, and I made a movie where the aliens are living in a '50s, early '60s society, and you know I actually had an idea of that of a story like that, and but it wasn't quite like that, and, but it was that a planet be in during like the '50s you know, um, you know, the planet has very much of a 50s society, and you think it's taking place in the 1950s, but no, it's a alien planet, it's, I'm just, yeah. So, the 50s was that orientation because of nuclear bombs, and, um, the Cold War, and, um, space travel, and, and all that, and... Is there uh, one in the 80s? And Yeah, there's always a pattern. Uh, we've had ones where it was... Um, like, after Star Wars came out. There were so many uh, movies that it was about battling in space. A lot of them were bad. <laughs> but... With this, it kind of, you know, when I was watching it, what made me kind of laugh. This was in 86, and I can't remember when uh, the other one was. uh, I think it was around 86, 87. um, 87. Okay, so what I find kind of funny is in 87, both movies... Uh, There was Planes, Trains, and Automobile. And Spaceballs. Now this is just my last thing. If anyone knows me, my biggest, as a kid, favorite actor was John Candy. I loved him. I loved him for so many different ways. For so many different ways. For so many different reasons. And this is where I'm going to end this. In this movie, he had a very small cameo. Probably... I don't know, five minutes or less. Now, he had two movies in 1987. Planes, Trains, and Automobile, and Spaceball. This movie came out, uh, Little Shop of Horrors, came out in 86. Now, what I kind of find funny is, is, he had two movies that came out. Um, and um, in Planes, Trains, and Automobile, he was opposite of um Steve Martin Steve Martin was in this film. So they never had a scene together in this, but just the idea that they did one movie to, it, it, that they were both in and they both had kind of small parts and then they did um and then they did another movie and they were acting the whole time with each other. One of the greatest comedies. And then he did Spaceballs. I don't think he had a scene, one scene with Rick Mirandus in it, but just the idea that the two of them were, shared a scene in this movie, and then then later on they did um, sorry, they then did Uh, Spaceballs together, and they didn't have any scenes together, but just the fact that they were in the movie together was kind of, huh, interesting. Now, this is going to be my last fact real quickly, and it has to do with John Candy. John Candy was supposed to be in Ghostbusters. Now, real quickly, we all know Bill Murray was in Ghostbusters. He had a small part in this. Um, But besides that, the part that he was supposed to play was the name was Lewis Tully. Lewis Tully actually got played by Rick Mirandis. So not only um did they they were they on SCTV together, they did they had a little part in this and they uh they were in Spaceballs together. Rick Mirandis got uh John Candy's part he changed it completely John Candy's character was supposed to be kind of a ladies' man, kind of, you know, you know, fun kind of person. Rick Moranis made him an accountant. So, that's pretty much where I'm going to round up on this. I just like to connect the, the silly kind of stuff with that, like that. So, I'm outside in my backyard right now, looking at my plants, and... Hoping I don't see a random plant growing that will try to eat me. Uh, <laughs> so um, i like to thank you for listening to my ranting of Little Shop of Horrors. And uh, have a good day. And and I hope to, that you'll listen to me uh, on my future e- exploring of other movies. Thank you.